Today's episode is sponsored by an upcoming movie called If. We don't go to the theater a lot as a family, mostly because it's tough to find a movie we're all going to like, but If is one of those movies. It comes out in theaters May 17th. I saw the trailer the other day, and we ended up watching the trailer multiple times to check out all the different imaginary friends that are in it. Some of them are what you would think an imaginary friend would be like, a nice-looking monster kind of. But other ones are so random, like this one that's a knight and one's a dragon and one is just a banana. And it gets wilder too, but I'm not going to spoil it all for you. The movie is about this girl who can see imaginary friends. And she goes on this magical adventure to reconnect forgotten imaginary friends with their kids. I know me and my kids are going to enjoy going to the theater for this one. And the cast has tons of our favorite performers like Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, Matt Damon, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt. John Krasinski wrote the movie inspired by his own kid's imagination to be funny and exciting for all ages. It looks like a real slam dunk. The movie If releases in theaters May 17th and we are totally going, so check it out. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Kids Stories Podcast. Before we begin this episode, I want to address a listener question. This question comes from Ivy out in Washington, and she wants to know, in the Campground Powers stories, what are the powers that the Sandwich Brothers get from the magical hot dog stick? I'm going to read Ivy's ideas before a future episode, and I want to pose that question to all of our other listeners. If you have an idea for the powers that Marty and Steven Sandwich can get from the magical hot dog stick, have your adult help you email them to me, and I'll read them out along with your names before a future episode. The email is kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, then go listen to the previous episodes that are titled Campground Powers. I think you'll enjoy those. Today's episode takes place in the land of Valleytown. It's called Kid Wizard Rescue, and I hope you like it. The ninjas begin this day like they have so many others, waiting for everyone to arrive at the briefing room to get their assignments from Master Momo. Goose is the last to arrive this morning, and when he enters, he gets everyone's attention. Well, good morning, Goose, said Master Momo. It looks like you're ready for anything today. Unfortunately, we really don't have much going on. Goose was completely kitted out. He was carrying his full backpack, climbing equipment, a tent, some light body armor, two swords, and a bunch of other stuff that the ninjas usually only use when they go out on long missions. Oh yeah, this. I've prepared to leave. I have a mission that I need to go out on, so... I'll be back in a few weeks, or uh, maybe I won't. I'm not quite sure, Goose said. Uh-huh, I see. You know, I'm usually the one to send ninjas out on missions, but uh, why don't you tell us about this quest you have planned, said Momo. I need to go save Arlo. Okay, Albite. Who's Arlo? Um, Arlo is my brother from the Red Cloak Wizard tribe. When I got kicked out, he was still there. He told me to come rescue him someday. He was too afraid to come with me then. But he sent me a message and let me know he's ready to get out. What kind of message? And 
how did Arlo send you a message? He sent me this bird. The head of a white bird suddenly popped up from Goose's backpack. Arlo, squawked the bird. Arlo, Arlo, Arlo. Please make the bird stop squawking, said Momo. Goose reached back and gently patted the bird's head. The Arlo bird calmed down, began cooing softly, and retreated to his warm spot tucked away in Goose's backpack. So you need to rescue your friend Arlo from the Red Cloak Wizard tribe? asked Ben-Ben. But no one knows where the tribe is. They're tougher to find than the secret traders. How do you know where they are? I don't, but the bird does. It's trained to take me back to their camp. Uh-huh. And what happens if the Red Cloak Wizard tribe captures you trying to break out Arlo? asked Momo. Well, bad things, probably. They don't have a reputation for being nice, you know. We'll all go, said Ben-Ben. Goose, you can't go alone. The Valley Town Ninja don't just go out on their own. Let's get ready, everybody. Slow down there, Ben-Ben. Has everyone forgot who the boss is around here? You guys don't just set your own missions. That's not how this works, said Master Momo. Tatiana and Bulis, you two stay here. If this is a trap or a trick, they could be planning on attacking the dojo once we're away. The rest of you get ready. The ninja all got loaded down for a journey and headed west, since that's the direction the Arlo bird kept squawking at. They traveled for days. Across wide open plains and through small towns and forests, the Arlo bird continued to direct them west and south until finally they were all nearing the southern swamps. The group of valley town ninjas rode their scooters over a hill. Everyone was following Goose as he stopped to check direction with the Arlo bird. The ninjas all switched off their ninja scooters and took in the beautiful view. The air was quiet, and from the top of this hill they could see farms and small towns all around them. After all their days of traveling and the constant noise of their scooters, it was so peaceful to sit in quiet and feel the breeze on their faces. As the ninjas took in the view, their eyes all looked in the direction of the Arlo bird's gaze, the southern swamps. The southern swamps were filled with dense foliage, Thick red and green plants stood high in the air. The plants were so thick and close together that little light made it inside, and so the southern swamps were dark even in the brightest sun. To just look at the swamps gave you a feeling of fear and sadness. No one even knew what was through the other side. Many had tried to build roads through the swamps, only to have the plants grow back around them in days and swallow them up. The creatures found in the swamps were mystical and dangerous and existed nowhere else in the world. Standing at the edge of the swamps, you could hear the calls and growls and barks of unknown animals. The only thing that anyone really knew about the swamps was that you shouldn't go there, ever. Um, hey guys, said Ben-Ben. I heard once that the only thing people really know about the southern swamps is that no one should ever go there. Yeah, I've heard that too, said Momo. Well, it, uh, it looks like that's where we're headed, said Ben-Ben. Yeah, seems so, said Momo. 
Have you ever been in the southern swamps, Master Momo? asked Ben-Ben. No way, too dangerous, said Momo. But we're going in there? Yeah, Ben-Ben, we gotta save Arlo. You coming? <sighs> yeah. Typically, the ninjas would rush to their objectives with a fury that struck fear in the hearts of their enemies. But from the top of this hill, as they looked upon the southern swamps, they slowly rolled their scooters down the hill. No one felt comfortable about this mission anymore. Everyone wanted to save Arlo, but no one wanted to go into the southern swamps. The ninjas reached the southern swamps and parked their scooters near a small cluster of trees. The landscape behind them was breezy and calm. The swampy forest that lay before them was thick and hot and noisy with the sounds of unknown creatures and danger. Well, Goose, does your bird friend have any more advice on which way to go? asked Momo. Goose reached into his backpack and pulled out the white bird. The bird cooed and took a few steps in his palm. It spread its wings and flew a short distance over to the wall of trees and plants and mud and perched on a branch. As the bird looked into the darkness of the southern swamps, the stalks and branches and leaves all parted to reveal a trail. The bird then spread its wings again and flew out of sight into the swamp. Goose, should we go catch that bird? asked Ben-Ben. Nah. Once the bird reaches the camp, Arlo will see it, and that'll be the sign that we're close by. He'll know to get ready, said Goose. Momo led the way into the swamp, walking along the path that was exposed by the magical white bird. The ninjas crept through the forest in silence, turning their heads about to keep an eye out for anything dangerous. Soon, Momo was able to see the evidence of a camp up ahead. The group slipped into the thick green foliage to hide as they snuck up on the secret camp of the Red Cloak Wizard tribe. They reached the edge of camp and saw many large stones that had been made into houses. Doors and windows had been carved into these gigantic boulders, and the ninjas watched as some people were walking around the camp. The place looked a bit empty, though. There were about 10 or 15 rock homes and only a few people walking around. Goose, whispered Momo. You think this is the place? I don't see many people. You see Arlo? Goose scanned the camp. I don't see him. If he was here, he'd be ready. He'd be out here somewhere. He would have known the bird had returned. Momo turned to the rest of the ninjas who were crouched down in silence. Tim, Ray... You two need to sneak in there and grab somebody. Bring him back here to us without being seen. Then we'll see what they know about Arlo's location. Tim and Ray were masters of sneaking. They were as quiet as two ninja could possibly be, and that's why Momo asked them to sneak into the village and grab someone to ask questions. Tim and Ray silently nodded their heads and moved into the village. The other ninjas watched as Tim and Ray sat crouched with their backs against the side of a stone house. Some villagers walked by, but Tim and Ray were waiting for a different type of person, someone who looked a bit more important, who might know a thing or two about where Arlo was. Soon, a very tall man with a long staff approached their location. He was a young man and was walking quickly with his staff in one hand. With just a flick of his wrist, Tim launched his fighting stick out from the shadows and knocked the staff out of the man's hand. 
But just as the man looked down to see what had happened, Ray leaped through the air and tackled him. Tim followed quickly, and in just two seconds, Tim and Ray were hauling the man off into the thick overgrowth of the swamp, carrying him like a long roll of carpet. Tim and Ray placed the man down on the ground in the middle of the ninjas. Ray still had his hand over his mouth so he wouldn't yell. Momo opened his mouth to ask the man some questions, but before he could, Goose asked, Hello, Bam Bam. Where's Arlo? Goose, said the man. You little traitor. Quiet, said Momo. If anyone hears you, it'll be the last they hear of you. Understand? I'm not afraid of you, ninja, said the man. Tim, hand me his staff, said Goose. Tim had picked up the man's staff before they drug him into the woods. Goose held the staff in his hand. It's ancient wood was twisted and twisted upon itself until it came to a point near one end. Like most other magical staffs, it was as hard as a rock and nearly impenetrable. Come on now, Goose. You know you can't wield a staff like mine. You don't have the power, said the man. I don't want to wield this piece of junk, but I will break it if you don't tell me where Arlo is. We need to find him, said Goose. (laughs) You can't break my staff. It's older than all of us put together. It's seen more. And before the man could finish his sentence, Goose's hands glowed red, and the staff began to vibrate and untwist and smoke. Parts of the staff turned black like charcoal and fell to the ground. And as the man watched in disbelief, the entire staff crumbled into ashes. Tears filled the man's eyes, and he gritted his teeth. What? How... You'll pay for that, Goose, you and your friends. I can bring it back, you know, said Goose. You tell me where Arlo is, and I'll bring back the staff, good as new. For a moment, the man didn't believe Goose. But then he remembered that just seconds ago, he didn't believe the staff could be destroyed either, and now it lay before him in a heap of ashes. All right. Arlo went with some of the other tribe. That's... That's why the village is so empty. They went to Bogman's Cave to search for the orb. The orb of Bogman's Cave doesn't exist, interrupted Master Momo. It does, the man said, and they're going to find it, and the tribe will increase its power tenfold. (laughs) Sure thing, bud, said Master Momo. In the meantime, you stay right here, nice and quiet. Tim and Ray tied up the man's hands and feet. Bulis was about to put him to sleep with a potion, when he reminded Goose, Hey, you said you'd fix my staff. The word of a wizard. You have to do it. That's right. I almost forgot. Goose lay his hands above the pile of ashes, and the black and gray powder lifted up and began to spin. The ashes rotated and spun in midair, and soon the entire staff was reconstructed just the way it had been. Once it was complete, Goose grabbed it out of the air and said to the man, I did say I'd fix the staff but I didn't say I'd give it back. Then Goose took out his own staff, touched the man on the forehead, and he fell back down to the ground, fast asleep. He'll be asleep for about three hours, said Goose. Uh, I guess we better get out of here. The ninjas left the southern swamps the way they came. They emerged from the musty forest and breathed deep, glad to finally be out of there. We need to make good time, ninjas, yelled Master Momo as he ran to where they left the scooters, We gotta get to Bogman's cave before they're done. 
The scooters spun their tires and spat dust up into the air as they all sped away, headed for Bogman's cave and hopefully to rescue the kid wizard Arlo. The end. I hope you enjoyed today's story. Part two will be released very soon. Remember to send an email to kidsstoriespodcast at gmail.com with your ideas for the special powers that the Sandwich Brothers get. I'd love to read those ideas before our next episode and hopefully use some in a story. Thanks for listening.